Alright, well, 25 seconds of dead air. I hope you appreciate that. Moment of silence for the uh, victims of coronavirus. That's what we'll call that. Let's find the psalm that I highlighted somewhere in here. And this one was 2014 also. In chapter 49 in the book of Psalms. Well, this is a little bit morbid. Uh, well, let's see what this one says. So let's go with something a little more upbeat. Um, chapter 49, Book of Psalms, verse 1 through 5. Listen, everyone, high and low, rich and poor, all around the world. Listen to my words, for they are wise and filled with insight. I will tell you in song accompanied by harps accompanied by harps the answer to one of life's most perplexing problems there is no need to fear when times of trouble come even though at, surrounded by enemies let me read it again it says, listen everyone, high and low, rich and poor, all around the world. Listen to my words, they are filled, for they are filled, dang on it, for they are wise and filled with insight. I will tell you in a song accompanied by harps, the answer to one of life's most perplexing problems. There is no need to fear when times of trouble come, even though surrounded by enemies. So, again, uh, a verse there about, uh, you know, your enemies surrounding you. Um, I mean, it could be... Enemies can be a lot of things. It can be people. It can be, you know, people you thought were your friends. It could be a virus. Um, it could be a lot of things. Um, I wanted to do a video. I woke up, uh, kind of woke up for work and kind of just woke up for the sake of waking up. But... Um, I was fumbling for some statistics in my last podcast and video, which by the way, remember to like, share, and subscribe and all that stuff. Um, so I've got four sticky notes in front of me, uh, sent to me by the disabled American veterans because I'm a 
a donator, contributor, and then they send me little things in the mail. So, when new information comes out, okay, there's been new information come about. In regard to who was and how many coronavirus deaths that we may have had. Now, this isn't being published in the media. Um, they may be adding these raw numbers into their um, totals, like CNN, remember I talked about, they had the uh, panel on the side of the screen that said, you know, worldwide deaths, this meant, or worldwide cases, X, you know, number of deaths, X, United States, number of cases, this, number of deaths, that. When you want to look at things, you really want to... <clears throat> Look at percentages and per capitas and things like that. Okay. Uh, and we we talk. They talk about New York being hit hard. Let me give you a little background on these numbers before I get into them. New York did a study of pregnant women. They wanted to see how many pregnant women had the coronavirus. It was 15% of pregnant women had the coronavirus. Okay. Now, 90% of the deaths in New York, 95% have been people 80 years or older and people with um, pre-existing People with uh, morbid health issues already. Okay. So 95% of the people that died in New York were people that were very old, weak immune system, very, um, very sick or something like that to begin with. Um, now, the... 15% of the pregnant women did not die, okay? They were diagnosed with uh, having had had the coronavirus. Uh, I think it was an antibody test to see if you'd already had the virus and gotten over it. But nonetheless, 15% of pregnant women in New York were diagnosed was having had coronavirus, okay? And screw YouTube's rules. I'm going to say coronavirus because it complicates things when I have to sugarcoat and say, you know, virus or sickness or something. Out yonder in California, University of Southern California, which is better known as USC, the USC Trojans, did a study. Also, there was a Santa Clara study, which I think that was the Stanford study. I, I 
mentioned in my last video and podcast, uh, they say they have found that the number of people that had coronavirus because they have corona antibodies in their system was a lot higher, like in the hundreds of thousands higher, okay? And if you add all this up, okay, the number of infections, the infection rate is 20 to 60% higher than what we've been told, okay? The death rate added into that, the number of you know, people that have, they've already diagnosed the, the people that have died from coronavirus and maybe had coronavirus and died by getting hit by a truck um, or whatever. Uh, this is no laughing matter. But your, when you add in these new numbers, the 20 to 60% higher than what previously reported and studied, your death rate is 0.2 to 0.5%. That's an extremely low death rate. The death rate in New York, once they tested all the pregnant women, we, I can't, I can't say they tested them all because they tried to test all pregnant women, but I'm sure they missed a few. What And none of these women that I know of died, by the way. This They were just tested and found to have had the coronavirus. When you add that into New York's statistics, New York's death rate is 0.7%. Now, a raw number... It's the, the numbers are still high as far as the number of people have died. We don't want anyone to die, okay? But models are being based on or pardon me. Models are coming up with percentages and numbers of people that are going to get sick, have been sick, you know, the curve, what's the curve going to be? When's it going to flatten out? Uh, even when it flattens out, you know, there's still going to be people getting sick and, and dying. But things are changing day by day. More information is coming in. When you look at something like this and you say it's, it's far more lethal than the flu or pneumonia... But then you find out that there were people who had the virus, their bodies fought it off. You know, they stayed at home from work for a week or so. Um, and they may have even been hospitalized, I guess. That's possible. But, you know, they were hospitalized like in December, in January, before we knew that the coronavirus was in the United States. So when you factor all those things in, a 
0.2 to 0.5% death rate is very low. That doesn't justify the closing off of society. That does not justify the closing of our economy. Now, Trump was being grilled and Fauci and Burks were being grilled what if this comes back worse in the fall? That's the media's new narrative. It's going to come back even worse in the fall. And they said, no, it, it, Burks even said she doesn't think it can get much worse than it is right now. Um, the head of the FDA has said by early summer, we may have good research on treatments and therapies, in other words, medications, to treat the virus. Um, hydroxychloroquine in one study proved to be not the miracle cure, but it was a very small test sample which and not peer-reviewed. But the media is running with the narrative that Trump killed people because he said hydroxychloroquine was the, the miracle cure. He said it may be the miracle we've been praying for. He said it may be effective. He cited some research done by a French doctor, and others did too, the media did it too, that showed that hydroxychloroquine was uh, effective in fighting the coronavirus. So all that being said, by the time fall comes, we very well could have medications that shorten the length of the sickness, the virus, the coronavirus. You know, make it like when you go on medication because you have the normal flu, right? You don't take it and instantly get better. It shortens the duration of the time you're sick. Um, by next spring or sometime, we could have a vaccine. And, you know, I don't care about the anti-vaxxers or the senile old lady up the street. Sorry. I'm talking about an actual person. Well, she's not senile. She's a pest. She's the town busybody. Uh, I won't name her name, but we know who she is. Um, you know, she was going off and off and off on me about, oh, I don't get the flu vaccine. There, there's rotten eggs in that, and there's they put the flu vi virus in the flu vaccine. Well, you're going to get the flu. No, you're going to get sick for like maybe a day. You're going to feel some flu-like symptoms like the tiredness, but if they if the experts get the models right, and the coronavirus is shown models are not always right, at least not this kind of model, as Trump would say, um, this this may not be so bad. Um, the If the experts get the models right, and you get the flu vaccine, you don't get the flu. Now, every year that I've gotten the flu vaccine, 
not gotten sick at all. Um, last year I didn't, and I, ha I haven't been sick yet. Um, I guess YouTube will take my video down if I say the herbs that I take for my immune system. But I take about four or five herbs for um, immune strength. I don't know if that helps. You know, experts say they do. Everyone says if you eat a healthy diet and get all your vitamins and minerals, which I don't. That's why I take herbs and supplements. But they say, you know, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll have a better immune system if you, you know, supplement your diet. So, anyways, the, uh, the fact of the matter is we're seeing now the coronavirus may not have a 2% or 3% death rate, which is very high, okay? One individual is one too many because life is precious. But when God says it's your time, it's your time. Nonetheless, with if you add in these new surveys and studies, which the media doesn't want to accept, the politicians in California don't want to accept the Santa Clara study and the USC study, even though they're done by world-renowned medical officials, um, scientists at USC. I shouldn't say world-renowned, but USC is a good medical college. A friend of mine's son goes there for something biological that I'm not smart enough to understand. Um, and anyways, you know, good solid studies show that the rate of infection was 20 to 60% higher than we thought it was. And you add that into what we are, what we know, what's been proven, you have a death rate of less than 1%. Even in New York, when they add in the 15% of pregnant women that were uh, had the coronavirus and didn't die, evidently, the death rate goes down to 0.7%. And your 95% of deaths are people 80 years and above and, and or with other underlying health problems. So... The virus isn't that bad, and the evidence is now leaning that way. Um, at the beginning of this, everyone in the media was reporting this is not worse than the seasonal flu. Um, then we were told, well, it's bad because it's more contagious. Uh, we were told it had a higher death rate. It's more lethal. Well, that's not true. It is more contagious. Okay, because we don't have a herd immunity. 75% of people need to catch the coronavirus so that the overall immunity in our human race, Americans anyways, wherever you live, are, uh, there's a herd immunity. Okay? But the, the fact of it still goes, it's back to square one the virus is not as lethal or is not any more lethal than the flu 
it's still bad. We still don't want to overwhelm hospitals. We're still going, they're still going to make respirators because Trump's smarter than Obama and he's preparing for the future. What's the next pandemic or epidemic going to be? Okay. That's what a businessman does, looks ahead and sees what could come next. And could something come next? And we've been, if you've watched scientific good television, okay, I give up on asking you people to read. But if you watch good, watched good television, Discovery Channel, The Learning Channel, History Channel, they've been running shows for as long as I can remember, the early 2000s probably. I think that's when I first got onto Discovery Channel and TLC and all this shit. Um, they've been talking about pandemics and, you know, plagues for 20 years now. But Obama and Bush, even Mr. Healthcare himself, Obama, didn't prepare us for this. So, I, I'm going to end at air topic and move along to another topic. It's 3 a.m. Was that the song? Was it 3 a.m.? Or was it 2 a.m. by that band that I that nobody remembers now? Well, whatever it was. It was something in the a.m. Um, I woke up about, about 3 a.m. this morning. It's now for something uh, I ate my breakfast and kind of getting ready for work you know I work when I want to because um, I'm lazy and uh, I like being an independent contractor until I have to pay taxes um, but nonetheless I woke up and I see the name Jesse Ventura trending on Twitter I thought, oh gosh, I, he, he's dead, you know. Then I see, like, Jesse Ventura, hashtag Jesse Ventura 2020. I'm like, oh crap, this guy's going to screw up the election for Trump. So I delve a little further into it, and I see... One... He tweeted a few things out. It got people thunking he was going to run for president. And got people thinking he was going to run for president. Okay? And... I'm burning a little unevenly here. Got people fired up. And, you know, I, I saw some different tweets from some idiots, but um, he said, you know, if he were to run for president, it would be on the Green Party and that he's studied uh, global or climate change for 20 years and that
he would be a greenie. Now, the Green Party typically takes votes away from Democrats. Um, Jesse's political views are scattered every which way. I guess he tends to be more liberal. Uh, last time, I he ran for governor and was elected governor of Minnesota for one term and then gave up after one term. He said it was because people were going to his political enemies were going to run ads or accuse his son of being gay or like that. Ma well, yeah, like that matters. And, you know, nobody cares. Who cares if your son's gay? It's a, get, Be as gay as you want to be. I don't care. Um, but he, that's why he quit being governor of Minnesota after one term. And he's been doing different conspiracy theory television shows. I think he even made like a conspiracy theory documentary movie. Um, and he's just, he pops up on television because he likes the attention. Um, every now and then where, you know, somebody will give him uh, 30 minutes on a talk show like CNN or some obscure cable network like PMS, NBC, and they'll um, let him talk and do his thing. So being that he's an environmentalist, nothing wrong with that. Um, he believes climate change is a fact, not a matter of faith or uh, opinion or anything like that, he said in one of his tweets, and he would be uh, in the Green Party. I looked uh, to see if the Green Party was uh, on the ballot in all 50 states. Uh, they are not. They're on the ballot in... Let me look here. Um, they are on the ballot in 23 or 25 states. The Green Party is on the ballot in 25 states. Uh, including important states like Florida, Texas, California, California, and New York. New York. The town's so nice they named it twice, as David Letterman used to say. They're on the ballot in the state of New York. So there are 23 states where they are, the Green Party is circulating petitions to be on the ballot. And then the two, only two states that they're not on the ballot and they're not circulating petitions are uh, Washington State and North Dakota. I don't know why they're not, at least maybe they can't find anyone to circulate petitions in those states. Um, so if the Green Party has a candidate like Jesse Ventura, Somebody that's got a name, and they probably won't, and Jesse probably won't run for president, but <clears throat> if they did, they could have an effect on this election. Um, obviously, I do not want to see Trump lose. I think, I mean, it was obvious he built the best economy. We had what's technically considered full employment 
and there were extra jobs out there. Okay, there were jobs out there that were not being filled um, because there were just so many jobs. Now, once we bring more manufacturing back from China after this coronavirus, um, there are going to be even more jobs. So to see an idiot like Jesse Ventura, who his whole life's goal is to be, uh, you know, his life's goal was to be the next superstar Billy Graham, and he always wanted to be bigger in the wrestling business than Hulk Hogan, and he never achieved that because of uh, he had serious blood clot issues um, right when he was supposed to start a feud with Hulk Hogan, which would have been one of the biggest things in wrestling, the worst matches in wrestling history, but, you know, for star power would have been some of the biggest things in wrestling um but i don't know any minnesotans out there know of any great achievements he made for the state of minnesota um you know he started out we ran for lieutenant governor and after the the rallies and such um, people would be chanting his name instead of the candidate's name. Then also he would, um, what's the words I'm looking for here? He, um, you know, he, um, used the internet. Sorry, I was trying to think there. His son actually used this new thing called the internet to spread the word and get people excited about Jesse Ventura. He used this new thing called email, which, uh, if I recollect, it was it was '98 when he got elected gov of Minnesota. So the internet and email were kind of new, and there was like a was it NBC did a movie, a made-for-television movie about, you know, how his run for governor and about his life story, kind of. And he, they didn't even have the real Jesse Ventura. They had a guy playing Jesse Ventura. And, you know, he would love the attention of being the center of a movie, even though it was made-for-TV movie. Uh, but anyway, I watched it. It was tacky, but, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I watched those kind of things. Um, but I don't remember any substantial, you know, differences he made in the state of Minnesota. You know, he talked a lot about, you know, people this and the people that and, you know, the people should have the right to have jobs or, you know... He was like the people's champion candidate. And that was it. You know. Um, he still tries to have the mullet. Which is more like a. A bullet. Bald mullet. Um, so. He. You know. He, he's a joke. But you know. Jokes can catch on. Ralph Nader was the butt of jokes for years, but 
back in the, you know, was it the 60s? He got uh, this new generic Corvette, the Chevy Corvair, uh, taken out of production and essentially almost outlawed, basically, because he proved that it was more likely to roll over, you know, like when you take a sharp turn at the high rate of speed, it would flip over. Maybe you shouldn't take sharp turns at high rates of speed. Um, but nonetheless, he got the Chevy Corvair outlawed. Um, and then he was a, a big environmentalist. And, you know, he was credited with stealing enough votes from Al Gore to give George W. Bush the election. You know, and that's my worry of some idiot like Jesse Ventura getting out there. Um, would he take votes from Trump? I don't know. Um, I don't even know what how this presidential election is going to go, but that could be a third topic, honestly. But there, the hashtag Jesse Ventura 2020 and the name Jesse Ventura was trending because he got some crazy people on Twitter worked up enough to think that he might run for president, you know, from a couple of tweets he sent. And then I follow him on Twitter, and I'll probably unfollow him very soon. But, you know, how you can say Trump hasn't done a good job uh, is beyond me. I don't care if the guy says mean things. I don't care if he's um, brash with the media. Um, you know, someone the other day said she can't watch these press conferences anymore because Trump is so arrogant and rude to the reporters. And, you know, sometimes I, I think he could tone it back a little. But I think also, you know, there needs to be a Republican and a president that's not a ninny sissy that doesn't back down from the media and doesn't backpedal. And stuff like that. But uh, to sum up my point, you know, Jesse Ventura for president would be a total joke. Um, it would be theoretically possible he could steal some votes. If he's running the Green Party ticket, it's more likely he would take votes from Biden. But both parties would go after him so hard. And say don't vote for Ventura because he's going to just help the other side win. So, and, and Republicans and the Trump base wouldn't leave Trump for Jesse Ventura. So, it would just be a joke, uh, it, uh, him running for president. The guy's an idiot. And, you know, he may have a, a high IQ or something. I doubt it. Um, he may, you know, say things and research and know some stuff. Um, and like I said, he's big on the UFO cover-up. I think he believes in Bigfoot, which I kid around and pretend that I do, but I, I don't. Um, you know, he, he believes in all those things um, and government conspiracies and stuff. And 
yeah, you know, our government's done some crazy things like Operation MK Ultra and Operation Paperclip, but those are in the past. You know, do they still go on? I mean, yeah, you know, we funded bin Laden when he was our little buddy fighting against Russia in the 80s. Um, you know, the Obama administration funded ISIS when, you know, he thought that they were going to help get other, get rid of Al-Qaeda and help um, with the problems we're having in Iraq. <laughs> that didn't work out quite so well. Uh, he called him ISIL, not ISIS, but, you know, that's all Jesse Ventura is, is a conspiracy theorist and, you know, how the CIA, oh, the CIA this and that and the, you know, government's hiding UFOs in Area 51 and all this and so, you know, he's a crackpot. He might have some good points occasionally, but, you know, that's all it is, is every now and then, you know, the sun even shines on a dog's ass once in a while, you know, <laughs> so that's all Jesse Ventura is. With that, I'm going to wrap this podcast and video up. Remember to do the like and the share and the subscribe and all that uh, hoot nanny stuff. Have a lovely day. God bless you. And pray for one another out there. We all need prayer. Jesus is real. God is real. God bless you. I love you. Peace out. Peace. What? Uh, what's the peace sign? That. That. Uh, there. Take it easy, guys, on the podcast. God bless you.